Fire him up, Clarkie. Give us a belief. Need, a bit of no, belief. Fire, fire us up, Clarkie. A bit of belief, bro. <laughs> Do you believe? Now get into him. He's staring at him. <laughs> fire him up, Clarkie. Fire him up. Hey, guys, and welcome back to another episode here of the Gold Coast Titans Frontline Podcast with myself, Blaze, from BKR Sport and Clarkie's Rugby League column, as always. This podcast is all about the Gold Coast Titans, whether it be the men's, whether it be the women's, or it be the feeder clubs. It doesn't matter. We just love the Gold Coast. That's just simply how it goes here on the podcast, and we chat through it every single week. It's even the off-season. We haven't seen any men's footy for two months now, two months to the weekend, and the women's obviously got to the grand final, but that's been just about a month now, so, but we are still cracking on, and don't you worry, we'll be still pumping throughout the off-season, but as I said, my name is Blaze from BKR Sport, and I'm always joined by my co-host, Dane. How is the off-season going for you, man? Okay, let's talk a little bit of footy in the internationals. G'day to all of our listeners and viewers. Welcome back to the number one Titans podcast. I don't know if that's official. That's, uh, you know, that, that could be a bit of bias it right there. It is not Spotify, it says it. Spotify gives us the go. highest recommendations, so just count that out. There, there you go. Straight facts. Mm. Um, and I have been accused of Titans bias this off-season, actually. I went to Dave Fafita <laughs> for the best back rower in the comp. And, like, Titans fans, I'm sure a lot of us will agree. And it's not that... Like, I think, overall, you give it to Liam Martin because he is part of that to- uh, that Panthers successful squad. But if you're looking just at the 2023 season, Dave beats him on all fronts, stats-wise. Um, Liam Martin only started 12 of a potential uh, 24 starting um, regular season games. So... Everyone said Liam Martin, but I can't get around it, man. I think Dave was by far the best back rower this year, and I was really glad yeah. you came in to back me up because no one else was. Like I like I say, like honestly, if if you or myself as well, if either of us say that the sky is blue, people will say it's Titans bias, um, and they'll say no, it's red. Like that, that's the point. Like people don't actually listen uh, who aren't Titans fans, and they'll just they'll, they'll just say it's bias for the sake of it because I actually don't even regard. Liam Martin is a better back row than Dave Fafita. I think they're two very different back rowers, to be completely honest with you. But I also think that people are failing to take into account that Liam Martin gets to provide his work in the Panthers, who have won three straight premierships, and also in New South Wales at Origin, whilst Dave gets to provide his work with a team that's finished bottom four for the last few years. So mm. the fact that they're even being compared with each other, while one of them is in, obviously, a very difficult situation and setup, to the other one who is in the perfect and prime situation and setup, who, who's running off the likes of Buddy Nathan Cleary and Jerome Luai. Like, and comparatively, yeah, mainly on the left edge too, right? Yeah. Mainly on the left edge for the Panthers. Um, who was on the left edge before him? Viliami Kikau. Yeah. How's he looking outside of that system? Matt Burton. How's he looking outside of the edge? Do you know what I mean? So you've really got to consider that Martin has a huge advantage because he plays for, successful, for a hey, successful side. Dave is the number side. one back rower. Dave is the number one back rower. I simply say that yeah. right now. Call me buyers. You know, go call a witch hunt. It doesn't really matter because I can tell you right now that Dave Feeder, it was Halloween. They, well, it was Halloween, but... Call a witch hunt because truly, Dave Fee is the best back row in the comp in 2023 and don't want to hear anything other than that because I don't believe that he's, he, he's any less than number one. The thing is for Dave though, people still don't recognise that fair enough we're going to go off last year, he was an X-factor option, but this year he still had the X-factor whilst putting in a ton of work. His fitness balanced. level, yeah, it was so balanced his approach to the game and you absolutely love that. One thing that wasn't balanced, and we've spoke about this, is the Pacific Championships and yep. how there's a Pacific Bowl inside of it that was never explained either. Um, and we're going to get the same games back-to-back in the men's um, and in the women's as well with, with the Kiwis, Ferns, 
in Belarus to, no, there to is repeat, no, right? Or is that there all is no, no, there's no women's game. This is this is the strangest thing about it. Like the men's game has its quirks and 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 questions. But again, we're going to watch Papua New Guinea versus Fiji play again, and Australia versus mm. New Zealand play again, and that will actually be the final. So the last week kind of didn't really matter. But the women's game, I had this question because. The way it was set up was New Zealand played Australia first. Australia won. And then Australia had the week off, I believe. New Zealand played Tonga. And then in week three, and New Zealand obviously beat Tonga. And then in week three, Australia played New Zealand. New Zealand obviously won that game. But that's it. And New Zealand win. Mm. Or why didn't Australia get to play Tonga? Well, what, yeah. how, how does New Zealand get three games? Australia gets two games or... Like, am I missing? Did I miss a game? Did I? Did I? Did I? Was I asleep during Australia versus Tonga? Or, but yeah. no, it couldn't have been because obviously there was a. Stra- it's all. It's just a complete mess. The weirdest thing is the NRL app also has women's championship and it has a final there, but there's no game listed. So it's like there was meant to be a final, but they kind of just abandoned the plans and haven't updated the site. But as far as our Titans go, Tino was rested from the Australian side, um, so we didn't have any representation there. In the Kiwi side, we had Kieran Foran there at hooker again. Five runs for 26 metres. No other attacking stats there, but zero errors and 30 tackles. Uh, like Foz is plugging that hole at number nine quite well for the Kiwis. Um, and he is working really hard in the middle, but I, I, I don't think he's a hooker. I think he would tell you the same thing. But it is nice to have representation there. Um, and it is nice to see Foz get through a ton of defensive work as well. Just It just shows us that like if we ever need him to really step up his defence, he can. And I suppose that's the most pleasing thing to take from that game. Would you agree? Yeah, look, Kieran Foran is obviously a half. And specifically for me, he's a 5'8". We've seen him try to play the 7 role before. or We've seen him play the 7 role before. And he's definitely a better halfback than he is a hooker. But I, I purely do see him as the, as that 5'8 role. Uh, I just think that that's, that's where he is. So, yeah, look, I didn't mind seeing him. I think he had a better game the last game when they played Samoa as the hooker. But then again, they were taking on Samoa, not Australia. Uh, yeah, it's it's good to have some representation amongst the, the bigger teams. I think Keanu Guinea was also a, a, the 18th man for the Kiwis as well. Uh, but, yeah, look, again, Australia rested a whole bunch of talent there. And Australia was still able to get get the W there in pretty convincing fashion. You know, they didn't have Nathan Cleary. They didn't have, uh, I, I believe, Selwyn Cobbo as well. But he wasn't great in the first game. They didn't have Tino and Payne Haas. Like, you know, the list goes on. So the point of the matter is that Australia is still obviously top there, for me, regardless of what happens this weekend. Uh, but yeah, I'd love to see Foz getting around for Kiwis. You know, I should have prefaced this at the start of this episode, but I am sick. I'm sure our listeners have probably picked up by now very nasally. It's going to struggle to get through this one, mate, but I'm also really excited the best for this team one. The comp, mate. Sick of being the best team <laughs> in the comp, That's what it is. Women's-wise, of course. We had one player from the PNG versus uh, Fiji game. That was Jacob Arlick. Tosoviti! Tosoviti! Boo! Boo! Fiji! Sorry, I had to get in there before. Sorry, actually, actually a little bit disrespectful yeah. to Jacob Arlick because Jacob is from Papua New Guinea. But, hey, listen, my daughter's Fijian, man. So, Tosoviti! Let's get it. Fiji win. I've got to be honest. I did not see that coming from Fiji at all, though. I, I thought Papua New Guinea would win quite comfortably here just based on what I saw. The common opponent for these two was Cook Islands, right? And Fiji struggled against Cook Islands, whereas PNG breezed past them. Uh, but Jacob Arlick, 31 minutes, didn't get too involved, though. Only had the four hit-ups for 29 uh, metres and 15 tackles. No other attacking stats, no errors. But I'd, I'm not going to say it's Jacob's fault. Like, literally 31 minutes, and I'm guessing for the most of it was just defence because Fiji were just in control. And on top, they had the momentum. So 
A little bit unfair to judge Jacob on that performance. Nice to see him get some international minutes, though. And he is someone that we re-signed recently for the 2024 season. But he is able to talk to other clubs right now for 2025. And I'm not happy with that. I think I've seen enough from Jacob to think we should give him a deal at least to the end of 2026. Are you of the same mind there? Or are you happy to that other clubs can speak to him? Yeah, I absolutely agree. I think Jacob, well, he nearly had an assist with his first touch of the ball when he played for the Titans awesome. against the Dolphins this year. And, you know, he uh, he is a, a really good talent. And I saw the guru talking about him the other day as well um, when obviously that contract or something was made. So, yeah, the point of the matter is that I think that Jacob is a good player. Obviously, this international game, it was very difficult for Papua New Guinea to, to really get on top of it. And, you know, to talk about Fiji a little bit as well, Fiji are the rugby league team. And coming from someone who has a lot to do with Fiji throughout my life, I've lived there. I'm about to be there next week, actually. This time next week, I'll be in Fiji. Um, so looking forward to that. A bit of beautiful sun over there in uh, in Nandi. But yeah, look, the Fijians are a very hard team to read. And this goes for any sport. A little bit of advice to everyone. Sevens, rugby union, rugby league. Doesn't matter what sport it is. If, that's, if they're playing a game that they are 100% guaranteed, quotation marks, to win... Expect them to lose because they go into it with the viewpoint of what I'm talking about, where they think that they've already won. We're allowed to think about that. They're not allowed to think like that. Fans are, players aren't. So they'll go and lose, i.e. Uruguay in the Rugby Union World Cup 2019. That'll always break my heart thinking about that one. You know, then you go to the fact they nearly lost to the Cook Islands the other week, you know, and, and you can go through so many examples of this in all different sports. I remember, they've lost some massively big upsets in the sevens too. But then when they're going up against a team that they're expected to actually have a competition with, the ego comes out and they really want to obviously get over the top of their opposition. So when they're expected to lose or it's just kind of a flat plane where it's competitive, expect Fiji to either win or get really damn well close. And with this game against Papua New Guinea, they absolutely slapped them. They dominated them and it was really, really good to see. And they actually did it without Sunga They've done it without Apisakorui Sao. So really good performance there for PNG. Uh, for really good performance for Fiji and uh, yeah, I was really happy with that one, especially with the fact that Papua New Guinea and Fiji are massive rivals in the international game. You've got Australia and New Zealand, you've got Tonga Samoa, but you've got Papua New Guinea and Fiji that people don't really talk about. Yeah, it's that Melanesian rivalry, I suppose you could say. On the Fiji front, I believe the forwards' names were Caleb Navale. He's really impressed yeah. me, as has Gordon Whippy. But I don't really want to sit here and say we should offer them contracts. I'm not sure where they currently are because we've just got too many forwards as it is already. Yeah. Like, they'd be awesome to have in our squad. And I, I think as well, potential. I think as well in regards to, like, if we needed a hooker, obviously we've got Chrissy Randall, we've got uh, Sammy Verrills, but if we needed a hooker, I, I don't mind Panioni Tangi Tui Moore as well. I think yeah. that he does a really good job there as a number nine. So, you know, and, and he usually, he was the World Cup hooker for them, whilst Apisakotawi Sao was actually the seven in the World Cup. And I didn't really rate him as the seven. Or I think it might have been six. It was one of the two. Maybe the six, and Brandon Wakem was the seven. Um, so, but yet, Panioni Tangi Tui Moore was the hooker instead of Appy. So it, it shows that he's good. And, and as you said, yeah, Caleb Navale and, uh, and Gordon Whippy were great. We all know how good their backline is with uh, just starting yeah. with NRL talent. But again, the NRL talent, and this is a fun fact for everyone, Fiji usually lose to Papua New Guinea because Papua New Guinea work hard, tough workers. But this is the biggest thing that I was about to tell you. Did you see a resemblance in that Papua New Guinea uh, team? Did you see a resemblance in that team on the weekend? A resemblance to... The Gold Coast Titans. Oh... I'll nothing, say what. No, I'll say yeah, what you I'll tell say. me because nothing jumped out immediately. Justin Holbrook is the coach, so for me, yeah. got Holbrook is a guy who is very has a massive emphasis 
on the attacking portion, and that just really, you forget about the defensive side of things. And I thought that obviously Papua New Guinea went out with the intention to attack and went hard early, scored the first try, and then completely yeah. fell apart, and then didn't know how to get that momentum back. And I think that's what we've been saying all throughout this season. When we've had Justin Holbrook, we would go out hard. Whether we'd score a try or not, that's not the point. We'd go out hard, and then we'd obviously fall apart. Look, the first half, we'd win every single time. We would win every single first half throughout the season and then completely fall apart. So we wouldn't know how to get that momentum back. And I'm telling you, Papua New Guinea reminded me that throughout the entirety game, they could not get the momentum back from Fiji. So I think this game, and the reason why we're talking about this game so much for mine, is that I saw a lot of similarities between Papua New Guinea and the Gold Coast Titans. And I think that Holbrook, whilst I love the guy, I can also now definitely see why moving on was the best case scenario. Yeah, that was the, the resemblance that was kind of speaking to me, but I, I, I sort of sort, sort of thought rather you were going down that path. But they scored in the first two minutes and then from there, it was pretty much all Fiji and traffic. So I see the resemblance. Um, it's certainly there when you, when you break it down a bit further. But I also, you know, that first try in the first two minutes through Alex Johnson was awesome. But from there, they didn't really offer anything else at all until the 60th minute mark. Whereas at least for the Titans, we would offer like something up until half. Uh, but either way, you, like, you, you break it down like you did there, and I, I don't think you are... Well, look for it this uh, weekend, because they obviously play again this weekend. So look and see if Papua New Guinea get off to a hot start and then, you know, blow the whole tank and then completely fall apart and Fiji run over the top. Let's jump into this next part of the segment. We've spoken internationals now, and this one is what we spoke about last week for our viewers and listeners. This is going to be a random... Well, we've actually broken it down a little bit more since last week when we discussed it. So what we've done is we've put every single Titan that's ever played into a random generator wheel. And what we're going to do is spin that wheel every time. We're going to rake this podcast run for about an hour. We're going to land on a Titan and we're going to talk about them and hopefully bring back some positive memories for all of our listeners and viewers. Um, Let's jump straight into it, man. When we tested this, actually, we've got to tell this first. When we (laughs) tested it, there's just this was so weird. I'm sure Titans fans would agree our two best players of all time are probably Scott Prince and Preston Campbell. So Blaze spun it first and he said, well, I've got Scott Prince. I said, oh, no doubt I'll get... Oh, which player? But I said one of our <laughs> players that we've had over the years. I said, I'll probably get him knowing my life. I landed on Preston Campbell. So this Def- wheel... Definitely not one of the worst players. Definitely not one of the worst. No, an absolute legend. One of my favorites of all time. So this wheel, there's a little bit of something to it. There's a little bit of something to this wheel. And we're going to jump into it right now. If you're on Spotify and Apple, you'll have a slight pause in between whilst it spins. If you're on YouTube, you will be able to see it spinning. So get ready. To start your engines, we are about to spin the wheel for the first ever time. In the well, the second ever time, the, the program crashed when we did it the first time. But you don't need to know that. So, mate, I want to hear which... a Kevin James impression for the start your engines. I want to hear <laughs> a that. Kevin James right now. So, in my ADHD mind, I was between three things. Do I go? <laughs> it's time. Let's oh, Bruce Buffer, yeah. Or the Kevin James. So I had a few things on mind. <laughs> I couldn't let anything. The wheels are spinning, but no one was home. I don't even think that's the right saying. Let's spin the wheel. Honestly, right. spare me, please. Can we please just spin this wheel? <laughs> we're, we're spinning the wheel. So just to clarify, everyone who doesn't know, we'll get a player. We'll talk about that player, whatever memory or just anything in general, because it's the off-season, lads. So we're going to go through. How many players? Actually, you did this list. How many players do we have? Uh, it's about 180 or so. One second. We have had 186 men don the Titans NRL jersey. I did pretty well. I did a pretty good guess. Yeah, so, so we've got we've got fourteen away from two hundred, which is 
we'll probably have that within the next three years, I'd say. I'd say two, three years. Uh, we'll have uh, we'll get to the old 2G. So there we go. Lucky we're not Roosters Rabbitohs fans. But all right, let's click on here. And as you guys can see here on YouTube, it is in between us. The first player's name is going to be... It's going to be Big Fella Sosefa Fafita, which is Jojo Fafita, who obviously currently uh -huh. plays for our team right now. Clarky, what would be the uh, first thing you'd like to talk about in regards to Jojo Fafita? Where does he fit into our best 17 next year? Because this is a dude that's talented enough. I mean, after his first season, he got picked in the Prime Minister's 13 for Australia. Um, so I think he's definitely talented enough. That's the first thing that sprung to my mind. The other is just how much of a community guy he is. Like this offseason, he's been coaching Tongan Rugby League junior sides multiple times per week, giving up his own time. He's a family man. I remember the Titans function. His whole family was there. Um, he's just an awesome guy. But yeah, the first thing that came to my mind was how do we get him into our best 17? Because he's talented enough to be there. Um, what else is coming to mind? Is he our fastest player? I know that he was like a schoolboy champion for sprints. Is that correct? So basically, it, it depends on who you talk to because most of the boys at the, uh, like our, our Titans boys will say JoJo is the fastest at the club. But obviously, everyone has this belief that, that Loffy is. I would love to see, I know these guys would have seen a race. So I trust the judgment of the team here that say that JoJo Fafita is our fastest guy because they would have seen these guys purely race. I think maybe, like, if, you, if you're going to take a guess on it, you'd say that Loffy could be faster over like a 40-meter split and then maybe Jojo was the faster over 100. Would you agree? Yeah, I think that's probably a fair way to break it down. I'm on his Wikipedia as well. I didn't know this. His father played Maybe for love. Tonga. Yeah, yeah, in the Rugby World Cup, he played for Tonga. I knew he was loosely related to Dave. It's got here his second cousins. That was awesome. Um, but it says, at three years of age, Jojo moved to Japan when his father agreed to play for the Sun Manukata Sanix oh. Blues. Oh, no, okay. Um, yeah, and he settled into the Gold Coast at 10 years old, where he mainly played rugby union for the Southport Eagles. I know they're, um, the Southport Rugby League side is the bias. He also spent, uh, attended Southport High School, which is where my mum and her family went to, and he played rugby union in the prestigious GPS competition. He scored four tries in a single game where, at the time, Wallabies head coach Dave Rennie was in attendance. He is also a former under-15 national previous, champion. Previous head coach for the Wallabies, man. Don't get started on the Wallabies. They're in a mess yeah. right now, but previous head Let's coach. Let's not go there. We could, we could chat that for hours. But yeah, a lot of fun, interesting facts there about Jojo Fafita. Anything from yourself before we roll that wheel again? Yeah, I think the, the best thing here is that I'm really close with the family. Uh, they literally, Amy and, and Pila, the uh, Jojo's parents, are at every game. Like, they literally will be at every game. So obviously, as you guys know, I get to every single game. And if there's somebody who I see at every single game that I would say is the most consistent, it would be Jojo's parents. It simply would be. They are very supportive. You know, I remember it was it was really funny, actually, down at Brookvale this year. Um, I was with uh, his brother as well, Vigliami and also uh, Pilla, and yeah, it was uh, it was the game that we beat Manly the week after the Dolphins game, and yeah, they got amongst it. Obviously, they were sitting with us, and we caught the ferry back across the uh, from the Manly Wharf and whatnot, and they're just lovely individuals. They're lovely people, and, and Jojo himself is very passionate. You know, obviously, he actually, towards the back of the year, got an injury. I don't know, and I love Jojo. He's just an unbelievable bloke, but I don't know if he gets into our team next year, to be completely honest with you. We are very, very stacked. Um, he could be a center, could be a winger. I guess if you're going to put him into somewhere, you'd have to assume it's going to be centers because Loffy and Phil both have those wingers 
you know, locked in there pretty much. So it comes down to who's our centre between Brian Kelly, uh, Aaron Shupi, there's Jojo Fafida, potentially the AJ Brimdog Millionaire as well. Uh, there is a lot of real, we don't know what these centres are going to be like. So maybe Desi comes in and says, you know what, Jojo, you're in. Uh, but maybe he also thinks he's still going to be stuck with the uh, with the Tweedhead Seagulls boys, which is no problem. We want to see Tweed do well, uh, but it'll be very difficult to, to get in there. So I think that's, um, that's what we'll say about Jojo there. Great person, great family. And uh, yeah, I hope that he can find the form that we know he can have because he had some really good raps coming in, as you said, has played some rep footy as well. But all right, let's move now into the next player. Give the old spinner it in. Give it a spin. Mm. Give it a spin. Next up, we have got... Oh, it's a beautiful... Oh, so close to moving on there. It's my boy, Kevy G. Kevin Gordon, yeah. the fastest man on the planet. Kevy G, what's your thoughts? Kevin Gordon, I just remember as a kid, just he was such an electric try scorer for the Titans. He was... Like, him and David Mead, for me, growing up in high school and being a Titans fan, they were the Titans. They were the reason people tuned in. And we, you know, I think fans I widely regarded we had the fastest wing combination there. Kevin Gordon, 118 uh, games in a Titans jersey, scoring in 58 of those. He's the third greatest try scorer in our history. One that will surprise you, actually, is um, he's seven ahead of Phil Sami. So Phil is quietly sneaking up there. But Kevin Gordon, he was, he had X Factor. Unfortunately for Kevin, though, Whenever anyone says his name, the first thing that comes to mind isn't actually his freaky strike next factor. It's that time he was running on the sideline and tried to pick the ball up and got absolutely smashed into the front, into the front row just about. Do you remember what I'm talking about with that highlight? Uh, kind of. I, it kind of briefly comes into my mind. Was it Seabus? I'm not sure which stadium was that. I'm not even sure who hit him, but I'm, I'm going to have a look while you, uh, while you tell your thoughts on Kevin there. and Maybe we can even include it in this video. Yeah, fun, fun fact for everyone. Uh, Kevy G was actually one of my neighbours growing up in Merrimack on the Gold Coast. Uh, he lived just, well, not on the same street, but he was literally the next street over. Um, yeah, really funny guy, man. Obviously, you might know him for his... Actually, do you know what his DJ name is or his, his rap name is now? Uh, he's, he's gone Deep very... Gordon? Deep Gordon, that's the one. He has um, gone down a different path. He's gone down an interesting path, the old Kevy G. Uh, with, I think he... I think he's a Filipino background. I think he visits the Philippines quite significantly. Um, this is one of my... When I think of the old Gold Coast Titans days, this is one of my favorite players. I loved Kevin G. And, and obviously, growing up with him as a neighbor, you're just like... I remember one time... I remember one time I went for a run. I was going for a jog. And this is when I was losing weight, just like I am now. Uh, but I was going for a run, and I wasn't wearing a shirt at the time. I didn't have a bad body at the time. It wasn't, like, big. But, you know, I was uh, I, I was running without a shirt. And, man, this guy clowned me, eh? Like, Kevin G, really? he... Uh, Oh, yeah, he, he clowned me. Because the thing is, well, he would actually come to the front line with us. So he's actually been on the drums before. When we were over behind the, the goalposts, he actually would come in when he's not playing or once his career finished, and we'd get in the drums. He'd, he'd have to dress up, though, so that people didn't recognize who he was. So obviously, it wasn't too much of a scene. But yeah, he'd come in and have his long black hair. I can see if I can put a photo here of when he was there, and he'd have his, um, his those you know those old gold helmets that we used to have? Yeah, yeah, they're coming to mind, yep, I know the one. Yeah, so he would have the old gold helmet on top of his long black hair and long blonde, black curly hair and uh, get on the drums with us, man. So, yeah, he's a he's an unreal bloke. Obviously, 
it would have been so much better career-wise if he hadn't have done his ACL in Melbourne. I was at that game. I think it was round two, maybe 2012 or 2011, one of the two. Um, and he did his ACL. But yeah, when I think of like pure Gold Coast Titans early days, I'm thinking Kevy G. I'm thinking flying down the wing. Um, I do remember one time I knew his career was done when I, th- I can't remember who it was against, but we had a game-winning try moment. And it was at Seabus. And it was on, we was, the front line had moved from behind the post to the other side. So this might have been around 2014 or so. And he he was making a break down the side and he grabbed the ball and we thought, oh, this is Kevin G. There's no way he doesn't score here. Like he's already, he's away. And then just didn't have the pace. So yeah, sad yeah. ending to his career, Kevin Gordon. But you got to love him. He's a character. And uh, yeah, uh, I, I hope that he's doing well. A lot of great memories for Kevin. Let's, uh, let's roll that wheel one more time. All right. Weren't you looking at something? I was. I I got um, that video and I sent it to you on Facebook. So if it's easy and convenient, or maybe I can help after this, we can download some and fingers crossed we don't get like a a copyright strike and we can actually put up the big hit that I was referencing there because it is huge. We we do know how. Maybe we'll put photo or something like that because... uh... Yeah, okay. YouTube can be a little bit of a dodgy one with the old NRL sometimes putting over the content. But all right, let's slap up another one here. Let's spin the old wheel. I actually really liked talking about Kevin G. Day. It was uh, a really yeah. good time in the Titans history. Was. All right, next one up here, we are going to get Jamie Dowling. Now, I, I know the name and I know he's played for us, but I, I can't really remember a great deal about Jamie Dowling. Do you have much to say? Yeah, nothing comes to our mind straight away. I'm just scrolling through our list of um, players now. Uh, so 10 games for us as a center. I know the name, certainly. Certainly yeah. know the name. Um, but I don't remember too much of his career with us, if I'm absolutely honest. Let's have a look at what it says here. So he played for our SG ball side in 2008 before joining our under-20 side in 2009. During his two years in the Toyota Cup, he played 39 games, scoring six tries, and we played finals with him in 2010. In 2011, Dowling rejoined his junior club, the Burley Bears, and cemented a spot at fullback for them. Okay. And he was one of the Bears' most consistent players, which got him a spot with our training squad in 2012. He made his first great debut at fullback in our round 13, uh, 14 loss to the Sharkies. But, yeah, I don't remember too much of Jamie, if I'm absolutely honest. Um, I no memories are really jumping out to me. Anything for you? Yeah, there's there's no memories that are really jumping out. And and again, this this will probably happen with quite a few players like this list, guys, because ten games is not much. Like to be completely honest with you, it's really hard to, um, it's really hard to to get a, a, a especially ten games eleven years ago, right? So unfortunately, no disrespect, Jamie. I do remember the name. I do know the name. However, obviously, it just. Nothing really extraordinary throughout the, the timeline when he was at the Gold Coast Titans. So I think we do move on there. Thank you for your service to the club, though, Jamie. <laughs> Thank you yeah. for your service There's to one the more club. thing that I yeah. thought I remember Jamie for. I've just Googled and confirmed it, but we're not going to say it on the podcast. I'll tell you off air. What well, tell me now, we'll edit for. it out. Tell me, out. tell me now, we'll edit it out. <laughs> okay, we're going to move on yep. from that one because Clarkie has just told me yeah. what actually happened. Um, but we are going to be... Moving on. All right, spin that wheel. Spin that wheel. The next player that we are going to get here is the big man, Greggy Bird. What a player. He was an unbelievable talent for the Gold Coast Titans. And uh, what are your first original thoughts? 129 games for us with Greg. 
played five eighth back row lock probably everywhere across the park. In my opinion, we took the greatest ever Titan seventeen. Greg Bird's there. You might not have him at lock because you'd have Ashley Harris in there, but you've got Greg. You've got Greg Bird at back row. Minimum, you've got him on the bench. You got Jairo to shout as well there though. Yeah, that's an option as well. Certainly, that that lock. There's a few options there, but Greg Bird with his versatility has to be there somewhere. And because of that versatility, I remember we did our first ever Titans draft where we were allowed to prepare. I actually picked him at six. Mm. Thinking we're kind of have a shortfall of, of quality halves. I knew you were going to get Scott Prince with that first pick. So I went a little bit wayward and picked him there. But Greg Bird was the ultimate competitor. And one thing, because Greg Bird was with us basically the whole time I was at high school. Every year from eight to 12. Everyone would always say high school, particularly um, because he was a Blues. Oh, hey, Greg Bird, he's a grub. And I said, he's the sort of guy... Every team needs and every other team hates, but we love him as Titans fans. The Mm. only bad thing I remember about Greg Bird was he came out with a quote and said that his wife was pregnant at the time. He said, I'm going to force her to drive to Tweed and have the baby because there's no way I'm having a Queenslander. (laughs) And the front page of the newspaper, the Gold Coast Bulletin's front page was, um, Greg Bird says this, why don't you like go south? You're nothing but a dirty cockroach. And I was like, <laughs> wow, like he's still one of our players. It's, that's not good work by the Gold Coast Bulletin there. Not their finest moment. And uh, safe to say, his friends and family were not happy on social media at the time. They were going off due to that front page. But yeah. that's what comes to mind for me with Greggy. What comes to your mind? Oh, Birdie, you, oh, like that is Bird to a T though. Like Birdie hates Queensland. Like no matter what you'd say, I like I know Birdie um, from his time around the club. Uh, fun fact, actually, one time we were driving, I was driving past Marymount down near Burley Way and uh, we actually were at the red lights together and I looked down and I was like, hey, there's, there's, there's Birdie. And then obviously we recognised each other and we sat there for a good five, three minutes or so, four minutes and then the lights went green. We didn't even realise the light went green and then obviously there was honking and we, we end up driving off. But this was actually, I think, last year or the year before. He, um, yeah, he's he's uh, doing well for himself. He uh, It was really good to, to see him kind of pick up his image a lot more at our club as well, I would say. We all know about, like, the past and whatnot. But the fact of the matter is, is that at, at our club, he was a guy that really put everything on the line for us. And I think that we all started to respect him for the player that he was and the person that he is from his playing days at the Gold Coast Titans. And yeah, I think that he, he really put his, his front foot forward. Uh, loved what Greg did for the club. Obviously, there is a three-way go there for who's our best 13, potentially between Greg Bird, um, Harrow, um, and then you've also got uh, Jai Arrow there as well. Uh, but look, overall, man, yeah, Greg Bird was a guy that hates Queensland, loved everything about the Gold Coast Titans, and still to this day does want to see success for the Titans. He still yeah. to this day does want to see success. Well, Greg Bird, I will say, he did still have a fair few amount of indiscretions off the field for us. Uh, so I think you're, you're trying to remember the positives there, and I respect that. But I can't remember a few negatives off the yes, field. Yes, yeah, no, no, you're absolutely right. He did have a few negatives 100% off the field. But I think that based off of the past, I think that he definitely... Yeah. Uh, I think he he restructured who he was overall throughout our club comparatively to a previous club that he was at. And I think that most people started to look at what he was doing on the field rather than off the field as a whole in regards to who Greg Bird was. Yeah, and you know, even like some of the stories, like he was uh, charged on his wedding day, and because it's Greg Bird, everyone's clicking on the story. Public urination. 
Like, what guy hasn't had a few beers and needed to pee and, and you know, done it? I'm sure a lot of dudes would have guilty of that across Mate, their life. There's a hundred percent of people who have done a hundred percent of men have done that. One hundred I'm sorry, yes. but a hundred percent of men have done that. And yeah. if you are sitting there right now listening and saying you haven't ha- publicly urinated, this is a bit of a weird topic to be talking about in this podcast, but like if you're it saying is. that you that you haven't I guess it is to do with that club though, but if you're saying you haven't, you're you're a liar. You straight up have mm. men. So, you know, with all due respect, yeah, we've got to give a little bit of grace in regards to that one. But everyone is obviously a uh, a white knight hero when um, it's a it's a footy player, especially with the notoriety of Greg Bird. And to end on a positive for Greg, like he had that coaching experience with Catalans after he retired over there. And my messages with him on Instagram, he was actually disappointed he's not more involved with the club. He's, he believes that, the, I'm not sure if I should publicly say this, but he does want to be involved with the club, long story short. So with his coaching experience, maybe with Desi Hassel there, we might see Greg Bird involved in a large capacity, which would be awesome because he is one of our best players ever and he does deserve to have, you know, have something to do with our club. It can offer something in my opinion. Have you have you heard Birdie's voice since post-career? Yeah, Darren Lockyer. He sounds yeah. like Lockyer now. Oh, man. Yeah, well, I was with him on a podcast <laughs> one time. We, we, we did a podcast <laughs> together and uh, yeah, he's... I would say that he's worse than Darren Lockyer. I'd say his voice is, is harsher than, than Darren Lockyer's, which is crazy if you've obviously... You know, yeah. Everyone's heard Dazz's. But yeah, Greg Bird's uh, voice, man, it definitely took its toll. It definitely has taken its toll. But uh, love the old birdie. Let's move on to our next one now. We're going to be in the big old Wheel of Fortune and we will get to... Uh, oh, we've just gone past him. But it is Jai Whitbread. Didn't have a long career yeah. with us, but what were your thoughts of Jai Whitbread? I liked him. I always thought he had a bit of go about him. Now, I'm just scrolling down to see around that time. I believe he debuted slightly after Jai Arrow. And it was kind of, you know, those two um, playing together around the same time there. Is yeah, 30 games or so? Us. Yeah, so debuted 2018, was with us until 2021. Predominantly came off the bench for us, if I remember correctly. I don't remember two games, he, too many games he started. Uh, but no, always liked Jai. I, I thought he had a bit of go about him. He came off the bench. He tried hard. It looks like he's just signed with Hull KR next year. He's over in the Super League. So that's good to see that he's still um, kicking on there. But made his debut. Uh, it says he, he played a total of 18 games for the Gold Coast in the 2019 season. As the club endured a horror on and off field. Uh, let's skip past that. Yes, yeah, so that was Garth Brennan's year there, unfortunately. <laughs> Played with us until 2020 and uh, left in 2021. Made his debut in 2018 against the Roosters, but only played the one game for us there. I only remember positives from Jai Whitbread. You know, he probably wasn't the best player, if I'm absolutely honest. No one's going to sit there and say, oh, we should have re-signed him. He was, he was such a gun. But he tried hard every game. I think, and that's all you can ask for. I think what you're saying on Jai is that he, unfortunately, as well, like, I I didn't think, see anything spectacular from him, to be fair. I knew he was in the Super League, though. Uh, but I think that these years when he was around were very forgettable. And I mean extremely forgettable. I would say anywhere from 2017 to 20... Uh, even 2020, you know? I, I would even say, even though we, we really pushed late on in the year, overall, the years between... 2017 and 2020, and then you'd obviously go back and say between 2012 and 2015 are all very forgettable years. So it's, um, and and there's a reason for that because, yes, uh, on this podcast, I think you guys can pretty much tell by now 
we're not big fans of Garth Brennan, um, who was at this club. You know, nothing against him as a personal human being, but in regards to being a coach, this club did not ever get what he needed to do done there, and we were a little bit over our heads getting him in. So, you know, and the reason I relate this back to John Whitbread is that he came in at a time that it would have been very difficult to actually become a good player because the right processes weren't being made, especially with the fact that he came in during the Garth Brennan era. So uh, would you disagree with what I've said there, that Jai, unfortunately, was a part of a system that would never really have been able to be successful? Debut in a year we came 14th and played most of his year, most of his time in a year. We got the wooden spoon and our coach was sacked. So it's like, it's tough going um, for Jai there. But glad to see he's kicked on with the Super League. And, and yeah. a final fun fact, his father, Greg, played for the Gold Coast Giants and Seagulls. Oh, so he's go. a second-generation Gold Coast player, which is obviously... Awesome. Have we got any other besides Jaden and Preston? I wonder. I'm not too sure, to be honest. Maybe we'll uh, discover that as we keep spinning that wheel. Yeah, maybe. I'm not too sure. I can't really think of one right now, but I guess we might find at some point. But all right, let's spin the wheel. Let's get the next bad boy up here. By the way, this is going to go over quite a few podcasts, actually, because I know there is a lot of names here, man. Oh, it is yeah. going to be Isaac Liu, the ex-Sydney Rooster, who's come into the Gold Coast mm-hmm. Titans, I think, two years ago now. I think this would be his third season with the club in 2024. Uh, Isaac Liu, what are your uh, first thoughts? You know, I, I like that you're getting, to me go, you're getting me to go first here because when we reviewed his season this year, I remember I said, I don't want to say anything negative, so I'm going to let you go first. And I kind of stitched you up and put you on the spot there. Look, we signed him in 2022 in a time where we absolutely needed him and we needed some experience around our squad. Um, he was coming off, at the time, he was still a New Zealand international representative. Um, and he'd just come previous to that, he'd won two uh, premierships in a row with the Roosters. So we absolutely needed him at the time. But. Yeah, I, I think if I'm going to remember Lee, I'm going to remember the early years where I was really excited for his signature, but I don't quite think he's kicked on with us. I think he's kind of towards the tail end of his career, and whilst we definitely needed him at the time, I actually don't have him in our best 17 next year. I think that's a little rough given his experience, but yeah, I don't have him in our best 17 anymore. Anything for you jumping out when you think of the Iceman? Yeah, I would agree. Um, Isaac is a really cool, calm, collected kind of guy. A real tough guy. But I don't think that the the club has necessarily been the right fit for him personally. Uh, But I do... I know that he's, he's had some real kind of random really quality moments though where he's got a good offload away and we've actually ended up scoring off the back of a one of those kind of like if you think about Junior Bolo and the way that he'll turn he'll get that pass with his back to the line he'll get that pass away and then we kind of like spread it and we actually that's something that Isaac Liu's done a couple of times that I do remember him for uh, but with that being said yeah I had a lot of excitement for, for Liu I remember when we signed him I thought yeah this is the experience we need um, this is the guy we need maybe he could be a Desi guy he could be a guy that could really but he's at the back end of his career you know let's not pretend like he's not getting on in years now in rugby league terms it's crazy to say that you know I'm 30 next year so uh, you know it's it's funny to say getting on but in rugby league terms once you're getting past 30 it means that you are getting on in in rugby league terminology so uh, depending actually if you're a forward I guess 30 to 32 is fine actually do you know how old Isaac is uh, I had it up there one second ago I believe it said he was 32 I was gonna say I'm looking 32, back yeah. to I'm looking back to Desi's time at the Seagulls, and there's no players that are really jumping out to me that fit the Isaac Liu mold. Jake Trevojevic is most close, but he's a, a class above. But in terms of someone who was like getting on in years towards the tail end of their career, 
there was no one that really Desi had at the time that that fitted that description there. Like you could say maybe Mark Tapu, but he was still relatively young whilst he was there, or a Luke Burgess who went towards the end of his career. But no one's jumping out too much uh, from the Seagulls that match the description of Isaac Liu. If I'm being absolutely honest, I'd probably see Liu coming into our squad in and out throughout this season if we have injuries or suspensions. I agree. And then I'd probably see him signing a deal in the Super League, a two or three year deal over there to finish yeah. off his career. But Really thankful he chose us. We did need his experience in 2022. Um, I just think we probably should have tried a two-year deal. So it was that year in 2023. Um, but respect for him coming to our club. We needed someone like him. Uh, yeah, just just before we move on, I think that with with Isaac, the the every time I see the boys, they always they do listen to him. You know, he's a guy that they do look up to and they do listen to. He's got that experience from the Roosters, and I do still believe that. You know, every signing does, maybe not every, we'll probably, we'll probably get into a, a couple of the, not every signing is a good signing. But I would say that at least you learn from every signing. It's like in life, you learn from every single experience. And uh, Isaac has been a guy that, to me, we did need. Uh, and although it didn't work out on the pure rugby league necessary level, we have needed him, I feel like mentally as a club as well, uh, within the boys' ranks, not within the fans' but within the boys' ranks. And like I said, every time I speak to the boys, they have the utmost respect for him. So I think that's what we'll leave it with Isaac. He uh, has a lot of respect with the, the, the club, a lot of respect with the club. But all right, let's move on now to the next player throughout the Titans' history. And we have that wheel, got baby. Jack Stockwell. Jack Stockwell here. Uh-huh. This is kind of uh, one that didn't really get much game time either to be completely honest with you do you have how many games he played in front of you by any chance yeah 30 games for the titans if i remember correctly mostly we're off the bench and that was between the 2018 and 2019 season think he came Same to time us frame from the of the really night. forgettable time frame Yes, yeah, came to us from the Knights. Um, I put him in the same bread basket, ironically. I, I did not mean for that to be. Uh, I'm sure you did. No, 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 I'm not, no. You've done that deliberately. No, you've thought about that one and you've oh, done no. it. Yeah, uh, that, that, that was a planned joke. That's about as good as it gets for me. Uh, but no, I put, him, I put him in the same bread basket as Jai Whitbread. Uh, really handy off the bench. Always played tough. Always had a crack for us and I respect that. And I believe that he has a company outside of football where he does like freight or logistics overseas or something hectic like that. And he makes so much more money from that than he did playing in the NRL. The NRL was kind of just like a salary top up. So a really successful businessman, I believe. Um, And yeah, I I always thought he had a bit of go about him. I appreciated his efforts off the bench and I was never unhappy when I saw him in our 17. Anything jumping out to you from Jackie Stockwell? Not really, man. Um, no, nothing bad, nothing good has really kind of jumped out. That's really interesting, actually, to hear about his off-field, uh, you know, business ventures. That's really good to see. You know, you always want to see players understanding that there is life after footy and that footy will end. You need to have set up what you're going to do afterwards. Otherwise, there are players who have gone down paths that you don't want to go down. So, you know, I'm really... Um, Personally, happy to hear that a player has really uh, done well off the field. To be completely fair, and yeah, I think we I think we move on from there. But again, that 2017 through 2019, if you want to be specific, you can add 2020 if you want to. Uh, but that area is really difficult for players because it just was yeah. a time that you, as a Titans fan, you really do want to forget. Um, not any negative specifically against Stockwell, just in general that time frame. 
you want to clock out. You really want to clock out. But let's move on now to the next player. Guess what we're doing, Clarky? We're spinning that wheel right now. That's what we're doing. We're who are we going to get? Who are wheel. we going to get? Oh, that reel. Sorry, that wheel. We've got Benny Ridge. Ben Ridge. Now, back ben in the Ridge. day, Ben Ridge was actually a real solid player for us. And I know he was really good in regards to you know talking to the fans. I was a lot younger back when Benny Ridge was a part of this club. Uh, I wasn't really kind of as involved as I am now, obviously. Um, so I know that you know Ronda and a few of the others really knew uh, Benny Ridge well. But yeah, Ben was a Ben was a solid player, man. You know, nothing anything spectacular, but I didn't mind what Ben Ridge br- brought to the club. Actually, this was about ten years ago now. This is 2012, 2013 days, wasn't he? Yeah, debuted in 2010, played till 2015. He's got 58 games for the Titans. Um, I remember Ben retiring in 2015. Uh, due to the injuries. I can't remember what they were specifically, uh, but Ben was always like a really solid player for us. Yeah. Always super solid, whether he started at back row or came off the bench. Um, in 2007, he was an Australian schoolboy as well, so he was definitely touted at a young age to be there. And I believe, he, he, following him on Instagram now, I think it's like he does a lot of hunting and stuff like that, of feral pigs and, and all Has that sort st- of stuff. He so used he- to have like uh, the curly hair, right? It was the brown. He's cut curly it now. Hair. Yeah, he's cut it now. Yeah. But I remember back in the day, he it was kind of like a not as explosive as a Kevin Proctor, but it was it was it was curly and it was up and it was yeah, it was long, medium, not long, yeah. long, medium, medium. I'm going through his profile now. He's definitely into his peak hunting. A lot of. Um, <laughs> big balls. Is this like out like Texas way in, in Southeast Queensland? Oh, he's a, he's a proper uh, proper country man. It says he's a Lions man now for Ergen Energy. Uh, so, yeah, he's a proper country boy into his hunting. You can see his boys are out there doing it with him. Um, but, yeah, man, he, he was always an awesome player. And I remember at Titans fan days when I'd go and get a lot of stuff signed, he was always super nice as well. So, yeah. got a lot of time for Benny Ridge. I think he was an awesome player for us. Nothing but positive memories. Yeah, I've got nothing but positive memories as well. And, and again, these are the days for us where, and I, I, most of the listeners would be thinking the same, but these are the days where you became a fan, you know, people through these Ben Ridge days, you know, 2010 was great, but we hadn't had that investment yet. I would say that, and tell me if I'm wrong here, but I would say that the years from 2011, which was an awful year, but I don't think was as bad as 2019 or 2022, but the years from 2011 to 2015, I, I, 2011, 2014 is what's really made those real longevity true fans. I'm not saying that people who have come on the board the last couple of years aren't true fans, but I'm saying the long-term fans, I would really say those 2011, 2014 days was what really kind of dragged you into the club with the, those kind of players. Would you agree? Well, for me, I, I can't speak for everyone, but 2007, I was still quite young. Yeah. So I didn't quite understand how cool it was to have a, a team from my hometown in the National Rugby League, right? And so with my dad and his whole family going for the Eels, I was still on that train, unfortunately. Um, sorry, Eels fans, yeah. if there are any other things, no, no, unfortunately. No, no, no. Sorry, um, sorry for you, mate. Sorry that you had to go yeah. for the Eels, mate. <laughs> it, it was, it was, that was quite rude of me to say so, but I've, uh, I have no regrets. Uh, but yeah, switching out from the Titans, you know, the years that you said was when I was in high school. So yeah. for me, like, absolutely the years that made me a Titans fan, absolutely the years I remember being at Skilled Park, or I'm not sure when it switched to C-Bus, but uh, Ooh, being at Skilled Park, actually. you know, getting that train. I always remember if you had your ticket, it was free public transport, and the train pulls right up. Just so many great memories, man. Going to the game with friends. Uh, Monday night footy was still a thing there. Yeah, and we're going to Monday nights. Uh, yeah, was- yeah. You, were you there for the game where we had like 3,000 people, though? I think it was against the Storm. Yeah, I was thinking the Storm yeah. as well. I think it was. I think it was 3,400 yep. or 3,300. Ben Roberts. Um, 
But, well, Ben Roberts, the halfback, he shared a clip from that recently on his Instagram where he said, if you have a middle in front of you, always step. And I can't remember who it was, but one of our props, he stepped him and scored and it pans to the crowd and it's oh. not very big. And I messaged him and said, I was one of them. I was they, one of them. Yeah, they made, yeah, and this is the thing that I would say, but they made out like there was still 6,000, 7,000 attendance and there was not. So I can tell you right now, there was not. But uh, I always say, I don't know if I've said this on this podcast before, I always say, what's going to be the best days for our club is when, because I know that I was there, and you're saying you were there, right? So that's two people out of the, let's say, 3,400. So there's two people. There is going to be one day, forty to 50,000 people that will say, I was there that day. I was there in attendance when there was 3,000 people there. There'll be 50,000 people. Every Titans fan that exists will say, I was there that day. But the thing yeah. is, is that they will have to have waited for you to say it. So... What I want other Titans fans to say, because if you're a, if you're a Titans fan, you listen to this podcast, right? And you you're not just a jumping on a bandwagon because it's not a great time to be alive right this second. But I I want you to ask someone what they believe the lowest crowd was because everyone who was in attendance that day knows it was that day. Everyone who yep. was a Titans fan knows it was that day. So let them kind of come forward with that yeah. rather than you because. Yeah, that I I will I remember that day as well. I remember actually looking around and saying, "One day this will change." I remember I looked yeah. to the right hand side. We were on the the, the side line where we are now. I looked to the right hand side that was empty. I looked to the left hand side that was empty. I looked at my mate Dan, um, who's in the vlogs. You guys might know, and I said, "Man, one day this will change." It hasn't yet. <laughs> it hasn't Not just yet, changed. but. I mean, we we I think we're in the top eight for attendance this year, which is bloody awesome. Yeah. For all of our our followers, our fans rather for the Titans, uh, we averaged nineteen thousand. That's awesome, man. It that's yeah. genuinely awesome. Officially, our lowest ever attendance is one thousand nine hundred ninety-five, but I'm not sure how much you can huh? count the COVID seasons because it's when was, like, oh, it was, it was COVID. Oh, yeah. yeah, it was restricted. But if we're talking like you know normal life, you're right. The lowest was when we lost to Melbourne, thirty to twenty-four. It was a Monday night, if I remember correctly. It's got here 6,000. Liar. I told you. I told you they yeah. said 6,000. No chance. I, was, I remember they brought it up at the, um, on the screen of the ground, and it was around 3,027 3, is coming to my mind. Something like that, But it was, yeah. it was not 6.5. I remember seeing it on the ground What there. did I tell you, though, man? I said that there was, they said it was like 6K. It was not 6K. No. I tell you what, membership, I know you've, uh, you've done a little bit of a dodgy then. I love it. Like, good. Don't yeah, let people know about it. They probably all the tickets that were given away or something as well. That's not true exactly um, for right. anyone that was there that night. But let's spin that wheel again. Let's see who we get. Yeah, because we're still on Benny Ridge. We're still uh, we're still on Benny Ridge there. So let's move on now. We'll do. We'll probably do about three to five more guys. And again, this is gonna this is gonna get us through the off season. To be completely honest with you, Dane, because we've got yeah, there's a lot of players here. But all right, let's move now with the spinny spin. And it's going to be, oh, what a player. It is Conrad Harrell. What fun memories we have of Connie Harrell, who's uh, now at St. Helens, been doing some good stuff there, plays for Tonga still. Uh, but Connie Harrell, he was actually, I think, the first ever Titan to be on my vlogs. I think Conrad Harrell was the first ever Titan that I interviewed. And fun fact for you, in that vlog, he was not wearing pants. He was not wearing pants, but you didn't get to see that. And we were actually having a joke about it on camera. But I don't know if people actually know that. But he wasn't wearing pants in that vlog. So, uh, yeah, Conrad Arell, love the guy, man. Very funny guy. Uh, very Pacifica. Very Pacifica comedy. Like, he just is that guy. Uh, what were your thoughts on him, Dane? He, uh, yeah, I loved Connie. I thought he was, at the time, the most damaging center in the NRL. Now, 
at times opposition get into his head and get him to really tap into that aggression and, and rush off his line and do some silly things defensively. Lose the ball quite frequently. Yes, a few knock-ons. But in terms of like just pure power and athleticism, um, he was like Valence Tafade before Valence Tafade was Valence Tafade, right? And you've got to respect <laughs> Conrad Harrell. <laughs> I think I said that too many times. <laughs> um, he was, yeah, hey, was Valence Tafade before Valence Tafade was Valence Tafade, yeah? That's yeah, what he... <laughs> that was definitely too much. Uh, fun fact, his name is not actually Conrad Harrell. It's Conalete. Yeah. Um, uh, that's what it says here on, on Wikipedia. That's, I didn't that, that's know the, that to- that's the Tongan, Tongan name, obviously. Conrad, I believe, would be the, the English version of it. Yeah. Joined us in 2016, which I believe he played finals in his first year with us. 2016 was a finals year. I believe we finished eighth. Yes, um, yes. That was, that was the year... That was the year where uh, we played the Broncos in the first week of finals and got robbed. Yes. Yes, someone kicked the ball out of someone's hand and it was given as a penalty try. I remember that to start the game and we were just super unlucky throughout that. But in 2017, on a positive note, um, Colin Harrell did get the Paul Broughton medal as our Titans MVP and also the Preston uh, Campbell Award for his work in the community. So 2017 was a great season for him. It is unfortunate we lost him just one year later, but by that stage, he was in and out of our side due to some of those defensive errors and errors with the ball in his hand. But I, I still remember him absolutely positive. The Hurricane, Comrade Harrell. And for it, my fun fact, yeah, um, from the 2017 Tonga World Cup squad that kind of really emerged, he was actually the only player born in Tonga. There. So he is about as Pacifica oh, wow. um, as you get. Yeah, awesome player. Yeah. That's awesome. I think that it would be rude to not bring up the fact that he was involved in the the magic at Suncorp try as well, where uh, we played against the Storm at Suncorp, yes. uh, Suncorp with the double header, and it was the second game was the Broncos Manly, I think it was, uh, but the first but the first game was the Titans Storm, and I don't know if it was him who scored it or was it him who passed the ball. Uh, someone jumped up, I think. Uh, LG kicked it. Don, Don batted was, it back, yeah, and Harrell got it low to the ground, and you knew he was scoring there and beating the Storm um, yeah, in a the season 80s, where. Man. I think only the I think the Eels were the only other side to beat the Eels in 2017 at the, the Storm Eels in 2017. The well, that's not a surprise. <laughs> the Eels beat the Eels. They did that quite regularly. To yes, at training. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, but I think only Titans and Eels. I believe they were the only sides to beat the Storm in 2017 when they won the comp, oh, and yeah, we beat them in spectacular. So fashion. we won the comp, wow, essentially. We, yeah. Well, we we we. Uh... Oh, well, the Broncos, we didn't bet. Well, we beat the Broncos. They just didn't win the comp this year, so I can't claim that. But you yeah. know what? Listen, I'm claiming 2017 because that was probably one of the most dominant teams of the modern era as well. That was that Storm team yeah. just back then was one of the most dominant teams. So I think, yeah, Connie Harrell uh, getting that try. I remember, I, I can remember because it, it was right in front of me, right? So I was at Suncorp. I was in the corner where, I don't know if you know, because uh, you usually sit with the corporates, but... Um, but we were in the, the Titans away corner. People listening will know. The Titans away corner, which is like they just chuck us in the corner, whatever. But I remember the tribal scored on the other side of the field directly in front of us. And man, we went we went off. Man, there's a vlog, I think, on the channel maybe. I can't remember. But yeah, that was one of my... That would also be one of the most hyped tries in Titans history as well. We spoke about this the other week with JC and whatnot. But Conrad Arell's try in that game, at, at that was that was kind of the early magic round. Yeah, that was one of the first magic rounds. No, it wasn't magic. I... Round, but it was kind of like the early one because we had the double header where it was Titans. Oh, right, and it was Seagulls and, and um, Broncos. Broncos. Manly. Yeah, and Manly. It was a home game for Manly, which was just silly. So I remember this time. game because I remember this game mostly. It was eighteen sixteen and half time. I remember that about the sixtieth minute mark. Will Chambers scores, and then Joe Stimson scores, and then Chase Blair scores, all within five minutes. Joe Stimson? I actually turn- 
Yeah, for, for the for the Storm. Joey Simpson. So, I didn't even know he played for the Storm back then. Yeah, that's why I was. Yeah, well, anyway, it's a story for another day. But so they score those three tries, and I said, and I remember turning it off. Um, I remember I was like, I'm not. I'm annoyed. We got so close, and then botched it here. And then at the 73rd minute mark, I turned it back on after Ky- uh, Tyron Roberts score, and I thought, okay, maybe there's a chance here. So that game taught me never turn off a game of football because you just you never know what can happen. Unless it's against up. the Dolphins. Yeah, then probably turn it off. Turn it off. That's that's probably fair. Kill us. Um, but <laughs> to, to just look at how insane this win was. Like Billy Slater versus Tyrone Roberts. That's the fullback <laughs> matching. Cameron Munster and Cooper Cronk versus Kane LG and Ash Taylor. Cameron Smith versus Nathan Peets. Like you cannot sum up how much of an insane, hey, listen. insane hey, listen, victory mate. this was. We won the comp in 2017. You can't tell me otherwise. You can't tell me otherwise. Let's move on to the next player. But yes, that just never right off the Titans. Never right off the Titans. Just turn the TV off if it's against the Dolphins. All right, let's spin this wheel. Let's spin it. Come on. We've got a couple more players to go here. And our next one is going to be... Oh, it's going to be the big Lofmeister. It's going to be a Lofiana, Calm Pereira, the far, one of the fastest players, potentially the fastest player in the game right now. Obviously debuted for the Titans in round one of uh, this year against the West Tigers down there at Leichhardt. Uh, didn't score in that game, but I remember uh, the next game he actually de- he scored in against the Dragons at Cogra. Uh, loved watching Loffy play for the Burley Bears before coming up. We all knew about Loff. There was a few off-field things that we were kind of still questioning before we got in, and then he got in, took his opportunity, and it's absolutely slapped it up in 2023. So, absolutely love what Loffy's doing with his club right now. And uh, I'll let you, I'll let you say what you need to say before I tell you a uh, a story about Loff. Well, we have like this lineage of exciting wingers coming through at the moment, right? When we look at Jojo Fafita, had a great rookie season, uh, showed a lot of talent and promise, ended up playing for the Australian Prime Minister's 13. And that was the case with the Lafayette Khan Pereira this year, had uh, arguably one of the best rookie seasons in the NRL this year, especially mm-hmm. in terms of tries scored. Um, well, he's, he's up there role. with Sonia Torova and Jacob Preston and, and Dream Buller. Absolutely. Absolutely, he's top four. Absolutely, and how you rank them is completely subjective on what you're looking for in a rookie. Yep. But this is a guy that broke the Titans' all-time try scores in a single season in his first NRL year. Like that is just incredible. Dave Fafita held it previously. He took it over with Dave with 18 in his rookie season. Um, nothing but positives to say at this stage of his career. And when I go back to that lineage comment I made at the start, so they'd say him from Dave Fafita. I think of him back at the Bears um, in reserve grade, having that awesome season there. And I see Tony Francis there now as a young Bears winger that's having a fantastic season. And so we do have this little lineage going of young, exciting wingers at the moment at the club, and that's really cool to see. Uh, But yeah, only positive memories in the short time we've been able to watch AKP light up our screens or stadium at this stage of his career. Can you think of a time we haven't actually had really, like, good wingers? I think we've... Like, there's always... Every club has, like, a... A, a, an ability for a specific position. Look at the Storm. They always have a fullback. There's never a time they've never had a fullback. Look at Falongo's coming through now. They had Billy Slater, Cameron Munster. They had just everyone. Like, everyone no demand. And there are other clubs that are known for specific other areas. And there's also, when you do these drafts that I do, with the which we did last week for here, but I've done for other clubs, there's also positions in clubs, like, for example, the Parramatta Eels that have never really had a hooker. But... In regards to the Titans, it just seems like we always have pretty good wingers. We had David Mead, we had Kevy Gordon. I think 
who was it? Jordan Atkins came in and did pretty damn well well for us at the start as well. Was it Jordan Atkins who scored the four tries? Mm, uh, yep, yep, we've got him. He had 20 games on the wing for us, and he yeah. scored eight tries during that time. Not sure if it was four in one game. Oh, who was the but one who scored four in one game? I no no one's jumping out to me at the moment, but I, I, you're probably right, man. Like, I, I don't have that specific stat. I just know that he played 24 us on the wing. One night of them scored eight and, tries. Anyway, point matter is, look at the names. You've got Anthony Don, you've got Kevin Gordon, you've got David Mead, you've got Philip Sami, you've got Lafayette Camprera. You know, the list goes on. Like, And, and we just <laughs> keep on going. And there's just always... We've always got good wingers here. We may struggle in regards to the seven. Um, I would say the nine is usually a pretty tough situation for us as well. But we've never really been shorter hand of forwards at the club either. Uh, centers have been a little bit 50-50. I'd say that 5'8s we've always been kind of okay with, to be honest with you. We had um, we had uh, Matty Rogers. Uh, you know, we've, we've got Kieran Foran now. Uh, I, I don't think the 5'8 is, is our worst position. Um, I think, was it Tyron Roberts playing the six for the most part of 2016 as well? Yeah, it was. Yeah. yeah. Was and then we also had... Was Aiden Caesar our six as well? Uh, at stages, but I believe he left in 2015. I believe that was the year he left. But he um, was he was our six mainly, wasn't he? Yeah, no, no, no. Aiden Caesar left after 2014, which we'll get into when we get his name up here. Aiden Caesar yeah. was a part of the Cherry Evans saga. That's why yes. he left. So that would have been the end of 2014. Um, yeah. But anyway. I'm scrolling through our list of um, wingers right now, and there's like there's only a couple bad ones you can kind of pick out. Everyone else is really solid. You think like we had someone like Greggy Marsu on our books. Um, oh, yeah, Daniel Vito was fun yeah. to watch. We had Jordan Rappiner at one stage. Yeah. Um, Didn't Jordan Rappiner yeah. debut for us? Yeah, he did. Yeah. Even someone that like played 15 games for us, Khalifa Fifi Lower. I hope yeah. we get him soon because like I've always found him pretty handy as well. Um, but yeah. Enough about Lofiana Kanprera because we went way off topic. I reckon <laughs> let, let's do one more player in in part one of what are we going to call this podcast? Remember the Titans? A, a uh, play on that movie? Yeah, we'll go remember the Titans part one. We'll go part one. Yeah, cool. Um, and because yeah, again, man, like this will definitely get us through the off season because I'm looking at the list yeah. here. We haven't even scratched the surface, man. We have yeah. not even scratched the surface. So uh, we've got plenty of plenty of content for the off-season, guys. This was a great idea to yeah. do, to be honest with you. But all right, yeah, let's do... positive, too. Yeah, exactly right. Um, so, yeah, we'll... Yeah, we'll go one more. Well, depending on who we get. Depending on who we get. If we get a good player, one more. If we get uh, someone who didn't play many games, we'll get to, to one, you know, decent player. But all right, let's move on now to potentially... Our last player here, and it is going to be... Oh, you know who it is? It's Aiden Caesar. <laughs> no way. Dude, I told Aiden you guys Caesar. this wheel is funny. Oh, man, I that is wild. This that... wheel does funny things. Yeah, that's crazy that that just came up just then after we were just speaking about that, saying, oh, yeah, we hope we get him. <laughs> That was yes. that's wild. But Aiden Caesar, for anyone doesn't know, uh, was one of our halves, and he was unfortunately, and I think this is the main thing he was actually recognised here for, a part of the situation and the saga. This is a good one to end on the saga that was Daily Cherry Evans. You know, this was he was he was a good man, and he was actually asked by the club to still stick around the club. He was a good player. I loved Aiden. Um, it was a good yep. player. I think he originally played for the Bulldogs before coming to us. Yep. And he he was a good man. You know, the club asked him to stay after Cherry Evans was Cherry Evans. 
Um, I could say way more about him than than other things right now, but I won't. Uh, but he decided, no, I'm going to stand by my word and I'm going to still go with the club that um, I have signed with. And I think that was the Raiders, wasn't it? Yeah, so he signed with the Raiders. He came to us um, from the Bulldogs under-20 system, played 71 games for us, combination of 5-8th and halfback, always super handy. Mm. Um, in April of 2015, he signed a three-year deal with the Raiders. And that was because, for all intensive purposes, Cherry Evans was coming to the Titans on a big contract. Now, Cherry Evans would eventually backflip on that deal, as most people are tracking. And I remember speaking to Aiden Caesar, actually. It would have been one of his last games in a Titans jersey. I'm just thinking here. So Wikipedia has that it was in... That he was named in our 2015 NRL Auckland 9 squad. I remember this more being the end of 2014. That's what I'm. That's why I'm confused looking right now. I'm literally yeah. looking confused. But I know Aiden was... A, so was Cherry Evans actually 2015, not 2014? It would have had to have been because he, he debuted for the Raiders round one of 2016. I've got 2014 in my mind as well. Um, but my moment for Aiden Caesar would actually be a conversation I had with him personally. I used to hate getting the first train back uh, towards Logan after games because it was always so packed. Yeah. And so I came up with this thing where I would print out photos of the players from Officeworks and wait at the team buses and get them signed. Yeah. And I built up an awesome collection doing this. And then the next train would be so quiet that there was no one on it. So you could actually get a seat. You weren't standing for 40 minutes. And I had a conversation with Aiden Caesar this particular day after he signed a photo. And I said, hey, look, DC is not coming anymore. It's in the media now. Could you please change your decision and stay with us? Like, we all want you to stay in the Titans. He looked me in the eye and said, no, nah, I've signed a contract. And, my, and my, grand, uh, my grandfather taught me that when you say something, you're a man if you were and you honor it. And I was like, wow, I could, you know. Listen and learn, Cherry Evans. Listen and learn daily. Yeah, don't yeah. you worry. Absolutely. I don't care yeah. what you say. You sign a contract, you live by that contract, man. But that's that's a story for another day, man. We could rip that to pieces. Yeah. But Aiden was, yeah, so like, ob- good. Absolutely, man. And obviously, as a Titans fan, like, we wanted to keep him. But I cannot look back on him and say, what a dog for leaving. No. Because he actually honored his word, unlike another dog that did not honor his word. <laughs> If I'm being absolutely savage right now, um, he honored his word. He was a man of his word. He signed a contract and he honored it. And I actually believe he didn't say this in our conversation, but I got the vibes, you know, man to man there that he actually wanted to stay in a perfect world. Oh, he no, he did. Stay. No, I, I remember. And we I'll screwed also... him by signing DCE instead, right? Yeah, well, I'll say this right now. Daly's actually got me blocked on Instagram. It was because of one post I made. I don't know if you can remember when this happened, but when Dave signed, it was at last at the end of last year, Dave Fafita. And yet that, remember that photo of him at the table with the, the pen and the paper, and he was signing, and we were all very yeah. happy because obviously there was a lot of rumors everywhere. And um, and it was the photo of him signing. And I, sh- I, I shared that on my Instagram story and tagged Cherry Evans saying, this is how a real man signs a contract or something like that. And uh, he blocked me from that instance. So it was only one thing. It wasn't anything real bad. It was just me questioning uh, Cherry Evans. And, and look, to be fair, I, I like what Cherry Evans does in the game. I think he is a great player. I think he actually is underrated a little bit because of this situation. I think that back in the day, it was actually quite funny because we did have a lot of support from the Broncos, the Cowboys, and they would defend us because of the Queensland connection there. The Broncos and Cowboys fans were actually had our backs during the Cherry Evans saga, and people did not want to see him get that number seven role for Queensland because of it. Now, Cherry Evans is so good. He, was, he obviously got it, but there was a lot of pushback. 
There was a lot of criticism. And I think, guys, obviously Cherry Evans is not going to come up on this list here. So we can talk about this with Aiden because Aiden was, uh, unfortunately, this is kind of what Aiden's known for. Even though he was a good player, loved what he did for the Titans and would have loved to have seen him continue with us. The fact of the matter is that the reason why he didn't continue with us is because of the Cherry Evans situation. So, yeah, look, I think that in regards to in regards to Cherry Evans, he completely ruined his off-field reputation for a good five to six years, I would say. Now, I don't think the Broncos or Cowboys fans would care. Maybe Cowboys, maybe. But Broncos wouldn't care at all because mm. there's obviously... Well, he got booed at Suncorp. Yeah, yeah, but that was back then, not now. Yeah. Um, but back no, not then, now. He I think that. he's done so well for Queensland as well yeah. that now we'll people just him. love him anyway. I, well, I haven't, I haven't forgiven him in regards to the Titans, but I, when it comes to Origin, I'm Origin. You know, I'm not thinking club yeah. level. I like I get around Reese's pieces, Reese's Walsh, Reese Walsh uh, for Origin. That tells you everything you need to know. Uh, but yeah, look, at the end of the day, Aiden did what was right for him. He was unfortunately pushed out because of an idiot um, and then was a really, really good blow to maintain his contract with the Raiders. Uh, I think he even went over to the Super League for a bit too, didn't he? Yeah, and he's coming back next year with the Tigers. Tigers and I yeah. think he will actually play halfback for them. I think he'll partner either Latu Fainu at 5'8", or more likely Jaden Sullivan, the former Dragons 5'8". So we probably will see Aiden Caesar back in the NRL next year. Uh, we'll see him back at Seabus. I actually, I, I look forward to that because, yeah, I remember actually one time, because uh, he was a big FIFA player as well, and uh, we actually used to play FIFA, uh, myself and Tony and whatnot, uh, played FIFA with him a couple of times. So, yeah, look, again, those days were, those, yeah, those days were, I would say... Yeah, those days are the ones that really made the true fans because we had to go through not only that Cherry Evans uh, fiasco and then we had the Jared Hayne fiasco straight after. But we'll get into Jared Hayne another day. I think that'll do us here for this list uh, for this week. Um, and again, guys, look at the screen. <laughs> That's how many players we've still got. I think, what did we get through today? Maybe 10 or 15? Yeah, m maybe 10 max. I'm not sure exactly, but there's yeah. certainly room and appetite to continue this podcast. So definitely, if you guys enjoyed it, because there was going to be plenty of series to this, 100% if you're on YouTube, we would most definitely appreciate a subscribe. It's free, and it will let you know every time our new episodes come out. Also, a thumbs up. It helps us with the algorithm to find some other Titans fans. And the same goes on Spotify and Apple. If you could just take one moment, leave us a rating. It really does help expand our podcast and capture a large community of all of us Titans fans here together where fingers crossed we can provide some entertainment and spread some positivity this off season and into the 2024 season. So it's a little bit annoying. And I know that every single content creator asks for it, but if you don't mind, I know for myself and I know for Blaze, we would absolutely appreciate it guys. But if not, we hope to see you back next week for part two of remember the Titans moving on from that. We'll have quizzes and other off season fun content to roll us all the way through to the 2024 NRL season. So from myself, thank you very much. And I look forward to seeing you back next week. And over to you, place to say farewell. Yeah, hope you guys have enjoyed. Like I said, there is so many names here still to go, man. We haven't even scratched the surface. But, you know, that was fun. I actually really enjoyed that, going through yeah. some of those names, like Kevy Gordon, like Aiden Caesar, who we, it's good that we'll get to see him back at Seabus. Hopefully, we play the Tigers at home. That's a free two points. So hopefully, obviously, we uh, <laughs> we play them at Seabus. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's really good to go back through this list. And, you know, even looking at some of these names and just like memories are just flowing through. So it is good throughout this off-season. But as, as Dane said, hit that like button. Subscribe for new around here if you're on Spotify. Rate us five stars. Get around it. Uh, and if you know any other Titans fans who, who do, you know, potentially want to hear about rugby league in the off-season, 
this is the place to be because we pump through it week in, week out, every week. Absolutely smack it down. So we appreciate you. Comment your thoughts in the YouTube comment section of the players we mentioned too. Give us your memories. What did you think of these boys? Uh, but yeah, we'll see you guys next week. Go the Titans, baby. And also, Dosoviti. Let's go Fiji over the weekend. And good luck to Fozza and Tino, who are our two representatives for New Zealand and Australia. I think Mo for the last game of the Tonga England series. And, yeah, and Alex for PNG. Jacob Alec for PNG. And maybe potentially Keanu Kenny, maybe getting it with that 18th man spot playing for New Zealand. So Smokey alert. Smokey alert. Smokey alert. Zing!